It's the Morning Blend with David and Brenda. A double shot of Catholicism and conversation to start your day off right. On the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. to you, June 15th, 7 a.m., David and Brenda with you on The Morning Blend. You know, we just can't smile without you. Oh, our wonderful listeners and the, how can you not smile with the joy of our Catholic faith in a beautiful morning like this? That's right. On National Smile Power Day. National Smile Power. Yes. And smiling not only makes other people happy to see you, it does make you feel good. It does. And studies show that. So it, a smile can be everybody's superpower. Because oh. when you open with a smile, when, you're, when you greet somebody with a smile, it just it lightens everything up. So think about that wherever you go. If you go to a restaurant and you're greeted by the host, hostess, and they greet you with a smile and say, welcome. 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 Thanks for coming. Yeah. Great to see you. Glad you're here. That's right. Grocery, when you go into a grocery store, when you encounter people who smile, walking down the aisle, smile. How much better do you feel than somebody who's got a scowl on their face, bumping you to get out of the way? I mean, it just makes everything better. So today is the day to just put that smile on your face and just bring joy to the people That's you right. come across. Turn that frown upside down. I love it. Now, yeah. I'm going to go all the way back into my sociology classes in college, and I remember uh, one of the studies we talked about, that universally, human beings all smile. Yeah. Even remote uh, villages that had no outside contact those people still smile. Yeah, It is a human trait. It is a God-given characteristics to the people of the planet Earth. Thank That's you, awesome. God. Yeah. So one of the studies that I was looking at, too, was that if you get up in the morning and look in the mirror and smile, smile <laughs> at yourself, you will feel better about the day. Just you get started. And it's harder to smile Later in the day, you have to work at it more. If you're like, you get up grumpy, it takes you longer to get into that, quote, smile mode. So when you get up in the morning, look in the mirror and say, by golly, this is going to be a great day. This is going to be a great day. Uh, I don't know if I necessarily smile at myself when I get up in the morning. I often laugh and look at the mirror and (laughs) go, oh my gosh. Look at that hair. I haven't been up for 10 minutes, (laughs) five minutes now, and look at what's going on. Uh, I'm sure, too, that Barry Manilow could not help but smile when he sang that song. Yeah, absolutely. 
It's a great song. <laughs> I can't smile without you. That's right. He was a prolific writer. <laughs> he was a prolific. Yeah, you were. We were talking about how many jingles. He's written some uh, some wonderful songs, but I don't think people realize how many commercial jingles yeah. that man wrote. You were you were reading these. I off was to reading me. like some of the big ones. Stuck on Band Aid. <laughs> I'm stuck on Band Aid. Yeah, 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 yeah. Band Aid. Stuck, stuck on me. Stuck yeah, on me. Yeah. How about this one? Like a good neighbor. Yeah. State Farm is Did there. that one. You know what his first biggie was, I think? McDonald's. I, you deserve a break today. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's, uh, that's, that's some big... Cha-ching. Big... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, probably back in the day, he wasn't making a whole lot of no. money for his jingles, but uh, he's got a long, uh, long musical career, so... Yeah, he, he does. I think he's still performing, too. Is he? I think so. You know, he's probably on the... Uh, the, what we were talking about, the uh, casino circuit or the, oh, uh, the, or yeah. the state fair. He's state, probably not yeah. even on state fair yeah. circuit anymore. He's probably casino circuit yeah. for sure. Yeah, I I don't know if I haven't seen him, but he's he's one of those guys you think would have a permanent residency in Las Vegas. You know, oh, he's a perfect. I yes. Think, yeah. I think you're right yeah. about that one, too. I w- I'd, I'd go see Barry Manilow if yeah, he was playing yeah, fun. nearby. Absolutely. I probably would. And you can smile. And I'd smile when That's I right. do that. So I'm going to smile all day long. Now I feel See? great. Now you need to. That's right. What do you have coming up this morning? Well, here's something that'll make you smile. The first photos of Pope Francis since his surgery was released. Well, it looks like his road to recovery is going well. Nice. He might be sleeping back at the Vatican very, um, very soon. That's awesome. Although it's a little cooler today, uh, another uh, fire agency has uh, put up their burn ban. So we'll talk about that as well. All right. Got a great show ahead for you already Thursday. Here is Matt Marr starting off today. Joyful noise. And we are David and Brenda on the morning blend right here at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Come on, everybody looking for the way. Come on, everybody looking for the way. Kingdom is a
I'm laying my weapons down Hands up to heaven now Make a joyful noise My heart had to hit the floor To find all I'm longing for But I know you're so much more Than a joyful noise Love is a Joyful noise. It is 710 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. David and Brenda with you on this Thursday morning. Well, we got a great interview coming up. This is going to be wonderful. You're really going to enjoy it. The Catholic Cowboy Way. So I'm going to say no more. You're just going to have to wait to hear it. That's up right after the forecast. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665. Join Mater Dei Radio and Father Robert Barcelos in prayer with the morning offering. A morning prayer written by St. Therese. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O my God, I offer Thee all my actions of this day for the intentions and for the glory of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. I desire to sanctify every beat of my heart, my every thought, my simplest works, by uniting them to His infinite merits. And I wish to make reparation for my sins by casting them into the furnace of His merciful love. O my God, I ask of Thee for myself and for those whom I hold dear, the grace to fulfill perfectly Thy holy will, to accept for love of Thee the joys and sorrows of this passing life, so that we may one day be united together in heaven for all eternity. Amen. For more prayer resources and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit matredayradio.com. 
Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Jeff Kane at North Point Bank in Vancouver. North Point Bank brings value to customers through client-focused home loan programs, including new construction, renovation options, financing for rental properties, and more. Learn more at northpoint.com. That's northpoint, P-O-I-N-T-E dot com. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. During June, Matrade Radio unites with Catholics around the world to start the summer by honoring the most sacred heart of Jesus. Grow closer to Christ during this special time through our three daily broadcast of the Holy Mass, the Sacred Mysteries of the Rosary, the Chaplet of Divine Mercy, and a wide variety of inspiring spiritual reflections. Matrade Radio is also honored to take your specific intentions to the most sacred heart of Jesus through our powerful prayer hotline. Share your personal requests with our dedicated prayer team right now by clicking the pray button on the Hail Mary Media app and matradayradio.com or call the prayer hotline directly, 503-285-3737. That's 503-285-3737 and let us pray for you throughout the month of June as we lead souls into the most sacred heart of Jesus through the Immaculate Heart of Mary at Matrade Radio. at 713 here at Monster Day Radio. Well, a few whiffs of morning clouds. Yes. Going to make for a really nice and mild day ahead. Sunshine this morning going to get temperatures up to the afternoon, topping out at about 75 degrees. I think that's just sunny and 75 in Portland. Is Pretty beautiful. nice. Yep, that is. Also, there might be a bit breezy later in the day. Overnight, we are cooling down to the low 50s. Then tomorrow, Well, Friday looks a whole lot like today, but as we look ahead, David, to the Father's Day weekend, Mm. looks like rain. There's a good chance of it falling beginning on Sunday, so just in time to ruin your afternoon barbecue. (laughs) Yes, I hear that. Uh, Currently 52 degrees at St. Joseph the Worker Church in Portland. And it is also 52 degrees at Holy Redeemer Catholic Church in Vancouver. Well, I love the title of this new book, The Catholic Cowboy Way finding purpose on the bronc called life. The author is not only someone who grew up in cowboy country, the great state of Wyoming, he is also a priest who serves in his home state. Very honored to welcome to the Morning Blend, Father Bryce Lundgren. Hey, good morning, Father. Great to have you with us. Morning. Yeah, great to be here. I'm also a graduate of Mount Angel Seminary. Yeah, that is that is awesome. I know. I, I, I read that in the bio. That is that is fantastic. So let me ask you first, just for our listeners' sakes, where are you at in Wyoming? Yeah, Gillette, Wyoming. It's in the northeast corner of the state. And then you serve at a parish there? There's two of us priests here. I'm the associate pastor, and we service three missions as well. So, and I'm kind of the mission priest. So on Sundays, that's a 200 mile loop for me. Wow. And I'm, I'm mm-hmm. assuming not on horseback. And <laughs> uh, my white horse, my Chevy pickup. <laughs> there you go. That's a little easier for you that way. Mm-hmm. Well, before we get into the book, I, I really am interested kind of in hearing about how you grew up in Wyoming and really what led you to become a priest. Good. Yes. I born and raised in Wyoming. Our family's. Oh, I'm I'm fifth generation homesteaders over here, and I moved to Montana, worked up there for a number of years, 
after high school for an uncle of mine and I ranched there. But it was really there that I, I really made the faith my own. You know, I, I took the right steps, thanks be to God, kept going to Mass, met different people, and, and really, really discovered the beauty and the wisdom of the Catholic faith. And that just opened my heart to want to go all in with the Lord. And in 2008, I was 28. Uh, the Lord just revealed to me his call to the priesthood. And so I was, I was given the grace to really spool life up and go. And I enjoyed my years. I enjoyed the intellectual years in seminary. But it was really when I kind of brought back some of the more of the natural things I'm interested in, just being creative with my hands and working with cattle and things like that, that I, I really felt this um, like the the priest God wants me to be is the man he created me to be. So I, I kind of, I kind of fit in the, in the, the mold that God created me to be. And that, that's where I, I find joining the priesthood now is just living from who he's made me as a son. Then I can serve as a father. Mm, beautiful. And then how'd you end up at Mount Angel? You know, we, and actually I went, I was, I was with, um, because I was in Montana, I was with the Diocese of Helena at the time, and we sent guys there because I never went to college after high school, I just went to work. I had to pick up four years of college, Sam, so I went and did four years at Mount Angel, and I super enjoyed that. You know, it was a monastic experience, I guess, and mm-hmm. I always always kind of throw out a little plug for Father Pascal Shaleen, good friend of mine, God rest his soul. Yeah. Yeah, beautiful priest, uh, knew him well, absolutely. And uh, mm-hmm. so you ended up at Mount Angel there for four years, and then back to Wyoming. And you, then, would, yeah, go ahead. Then to Denver to St. John Vianney uh, Theological Seminary for my final four years of seminary, and then I was ordained a priest for the Diocese of Cheyenne in uh, 2018 on the feast of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Hey, yeah, it's awesome. That's uh, that's tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Well, Five years. Happy anniversary. Yeah, thank you. It's great. I, lo- I love the priesthood. I really do. Uh, that's wonderful. Again, we're speaking with Father Bryce Lundgren. He is the author of the book, The Catholic Cowboy Way, Finding Peace and Purpose on the Bronx Called Life. And they say in the book I was reading about that it says, The Catholic Cowboy Way seeks to help cowboys practice the Catholic faith and Catholics discover their inner cowboy. Catholicism is about being fully human. The rawness and realness of the cowboy way can help Catholics discover God in depths never imaginable. Explain that a little bit. It's really beautiful. Yeah. You know, the the book, you know, it just kind of presented to me. The publisher reached out to me, and so I just kind of shot from the heart. Here's what's on my heart, you know? and. Mm-hmm. And so basically, I call the book like a teaching testimony. It's the way the Lord has led me, and, and it's a way I feel like it can help others like me follow Him, discover and follow Him. So, you know, guys, I do, you know, I mean, cowboy being a cowboy is part of my nature in a in not the deepest sense, but it is part of my human nature. And, and there's a lot of guys like that, especially where I minister. And so to help them, like, see Catholicism through their lens— that's a beautiful thing, and it's kind of a unique thing, I think. But also, there's something about the cowboy that's kind of universally admired. I always always say, like, I can wear my 
Roman collar anywhere in the world and people would recognize it. Right. I can wear my cowboy hat anywhere in the world and people would recognize it. You know, there's something there's something about the cowboy that 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 uh, I don't know. People are intrigued with, and I think it it is something in our hearts that that kind of grit and determination, perseverance, and I'd say lightheartedness that people desire, and I think that we can use in our walk with Christ. You know, right? We're already we're already redeemed. We're already, you know, through baptism, been been incorporated into the body of Christ. We should be able to have peace as sons and daughters. But we do have a mission to accomplish as well. Yeah, and I like to hear what it says, too. By learning from our Lord, we can also develop a childlike heart that can find peace and joy in the midst of the craziness of life. And I, I can't help but think of a cowboy out on the range just looking at the sky and, and the beautiful nature and just having that feeling. Yeah, I I think you do get that image, and I think you can have it. I think a lot of that has to do with, you know, a cowboy's um, connection with creation and just understanding that that really God is our providential Father. He does provide for us in a natural way, and that just translates into a supernatural way as well. So we can have that peace as sons and daughters along the side of, hey, man, I got work to do. You know, and a cowboy has that same, it's, it's kind of the, the two-fold deal of, of being lighthearted, enjoying life, but then carrying out our mission, and they do so with grit. I always, I always say that um, cowboys don't quit, they die. Right. Yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. It's the Catholic cowboy way, finding yeah. peace and purpose on the Bronx called life. Beautiful book. Hey, where could, I, I'm thinking about Father's Day coming up this weekend, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, just kind of a connection there. So, where can folks get the book, The Catholic Cowboy Way? Yeah, it's published by Sophia Institute Press. That's probably your safest bet, and you can find it anywhere. I think a lot of local Catholic bookstores have it as well. Wonderful. You ever make your way out back out here to the Pacific Northwest? It's been it's been a while. So yeah, I visited after I not after I was ordained, but I did a retreat out there, just personal retreat uh, before priestly ordination. So it's a treat to get back, but I haven't, and it just seems like a ways away now. Yeah. Well, we hope to see you one of these days back here. And uh, yeah, thank you. Really, really enjoyed visiting with you again. It is Father Bryce Lundgren. He is the author of the book, "The Catholic Cowboy Way: Finding Peace and Purpose on the Bronx Called Life." Just sounds like a wonderful book, Father. Uh, pre- really appreciate you being with us this morning. I wonder if you wouldn't mind wrapping us up with a prayer and your blessing. But. Lord, we just thank you for everyone listening today that through your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, that we've been made your sons and daughters. And we always live out of that reality and then accomplish your mission in our life as fathers and mothers. May Almighty God bless you all in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. You as well. Great to talk with you. Thank you for writing the book, The Catholic Cowboy Way, Finding Peace and Purpose on the Bronx Called Life. Father Bryce Lundgren. And once again, to Father, happy anniversary to you. Thank you. God bless you guys. You as well. Thank you. And it is 724 here at Mater Day Radio. 
Wouldn't you just love to sit down and enjoy Father Bryce's time, oh. maybe at a at a ranch, uh, just overlooking just the beautiful fields and just talking about cowboys and God? Oh, that's fantastic. I love I that. I love it. Mm. Well, if you want to find out more information on how you can get your hands on Father's book, well, listen to this podcast. And on the podcast, I'll add a link to where you can get right to Sophia Institute Press. You can purchase a copy for yourself. Also, please walk into any one of our Catholic bookstores. I'm sure they would also be able to get a copy for you as well. Again, the podcast, you're going to find the link at materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, family dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco, family dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Healthcare sharing has been around for decades and began out of the Christian tradition of neighbor helping neighbor. That's the premise Solidarity HealthShare was built on. We're a nonprofit medical cost sharing ministry in which our family of members share in each other's eligible medical expenses. Solidarity HealthShare is not insurance, but an alternative way to pay for medical costs that adheres to Catholic Church teachings. We never share into medical care that goes against our morals. More information at SolidarityHealthShare.org. What do the famous Batmobile, Love Bug, and Mystery Machine have in common? They were all given to Mater Dei Radio's vehicle donation program. Well, not really, but they could have been, and you could do the same. If you have a car, truck, van, RV, or boat that you no longer need, consider donating it to Mater Dei Radio. It's quick and easy, and a likely tax deduction for you. And you'll be supporting uplifting Catholic radio programs. Information on our website at materdayradio.com. Wants an eye-opener in the morning without the caffeine? It's the Morning Blend with David and Brenda on Mater Day Radio. It is 726 in Mater Day Radio, and Oregon's jobless numbers take a dip. We'll have that for you in the news. And the first pictures of Pope Francis since his surgery have been published. Well, our pontiff is looking real good, might be heading back to the Vatican. I'll have an update on his health coming up in three minutes. It is Sarah Kroger now. Standing in your light. You are listening to David and Brenda on the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.
That is Sarah Kroger and Standing in Your Light. 7.30 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. In your news, the priest and artist Father Marco Repnik accused of the physical and psychological abuse of numerous religious sisters was dismissed from the Jesuits this month, according to the religious order. The Society of Jesus said in a June 15th statement, Rupnik was expelled due to his stubborn refusal to observe the vow of obedience. Rupnik had been asked to change communities and accept a new mission. The statement said, faced with Marco Rupnik's repeated refusal to obey this mandate, we were unfortunately left with only one solution, dismissal from the Society of Jesus. Now, according to canon law, Rupnik has 30 days to appeal the dismissal after receiving the decree on June 14th. News of Rupnik's dismissal comes in the wake of recent reports that he had made a trip to Bosnia and Croatia, where he engaged in art restoration projects despite the restrictions against him, which barred him from leaving the Lazio region and from engaging in public artistic activities. Well, it's that time of year. Washington County fire agencies have enacted a high fire danger burn ban for the remainder of the season in Washington County. Now, the burn ban prohibits backyard or open burning, including branches and yard debris, as well as agricultural burning, including crops, fields, and other land clearing. The burn ban does allow for small outdoor cooking, warming, or recreational fires, These include portable or permanent fire pits, fire tables, and campfires with a maximum fuel area of three feet in diameter and two feet in height in a safe location away from combustibles or vegetation and are fully extinguished by after use. Now, barbecue grills, smokers, and similar cooking appliances are allowed. There may be more restrictive fire safety rules near Oregon Department of Forestry protected land which exists throughout much of rural Washington County. And two days after jurors in Multnomah County found the utility Pacific Corps was to blame for the wildfires in 2020, they ordered the company to pay punitive damages. That's in addition to the more than $70 million already owed to the plaintiffs in the case. The jury's decision will require Pacific Corps to pay 0.25 times any economic and non-economic damages applied in the case. For the 17 named plaintiffs, that is likely to raise their owed damages to somewhere near $90 million. During its closing arguments, Pacific Corps estimated that such a verdict could cost the company $11 billion in total once the thousands of people affected by the fires in the case are compensated. OPB reports the substantial cost of the court case is unlikely to be passed on to Pacific Power customers, but Bob Jenks of the Oregon Citizens Utility Board said ratepayers may see their bills rise in coming years as electric utilities invest more to prevent costly fires and the court ruling that can come out of them. Well, Oregon's unemployment rate dropped to 3.7% in May. That's down from 4% in April. This was the fourth consecutive monthly drop in the jobless rate, down from a recent high of 4.8% in January. Oregon's May unemployment rate of 3.7% equaled the U.S. unemployment rate, which rose to 3.7% in May 
from 3.4% in April. Now, over the month, job gains were largest in financial activities, leisure and hospitality, transportation, warehousing, and utilities. Declines were largest in retail trade and government. Overall, 3,600 jobs were added to the payrolls in May. Earlier today, Pope Francis visited patients in the Pediatric Oncology and Child Neurosurgery Department of the Gemelli Polyclinic Hospital. The Vatican Press Office, well, they released some photos of the meeting. These are the first images of the pontiff since his operation on June 7th for an intestinal hernia with a risk of occlusion. The Department of Pediatric Oncology and Child Neurosurgery is located on the 10th floor of the hospital, which is the same floor where the apartments of the pontiff are located. Pope Francis visited young patients, their family, and the medical staff in a wheelchair. Cardinal Giovanni Battista Ray, Dean of the College of Cardinals, announced in an email to the Cardinals that the Pope could return to the Vatican today. Wow. Or tomorrow. Look at that. That's How about that? Cr- yeah. Uh, go online. You can see the pictures of his visits. One, you can tell that being out of his room and visiting with the children and their families fills him with joy. I'll bet. Secondly, you'll think, wow, he looks really, really good. Color in his face. He's wearing his clerics. He is being pushed, though, in a wheelchair, of yeah. course. Uh, but that's been the case since before the surgery. So mm-hmm. it seems like... Well, the prayers are helping continue, please. Yeah. Prayers for the health of our Pope. That's great. In sports, University of Portland men's basketball team adding a grad transfer to the program that could be a real impact player for the pilots this coming season. He is six foot eight, Alamami Karoma, coming from Cal Poly, where he started 75 games in four years for the Mustangs. Karoma is a two-time All-Big West Honorable Mention selection and has been a starter the last three years for the Mustangs. He recorded double figures 19 times last season, including a high of 23 points in a win over Idaho. Karoma has logged 20 or more points eight times throughout his career. The Pilots have added three other transfers to the program, as well as signing two freshmen. Well, Jesus revealed his sacred heart devotion to St. Mary, Margaret Mary Alacoque in several mystical visions between 1673 and 1675. St. Margaret Mary Alacoque was a French nun of the Order of the Visitation of Our Lady, and Jesus appeared to her four times, revealing his love for humankind through his sacred heart. Now, the first apparition was December 27th, 1673. And in it, St. Mary Alacoque says that Jesus said to her, my divine heart is so inflamed with love for men and for you in particular that being unable any longer to contain within itself the flames of its burning charity, it must be spread then abroad by your means and manifest itself to them in order to enrich them and the precious graces of sanctification. Now, the second revelation came July 2nd, 1674. This was the Feast of the Visitation. In it, he promised to pour out into the hearts of all those who honored the image of his heart with all the gifts it contains in fullness. The third revelation talked about the first Friday devotion. That was the same month, July of 1674. And it said, first, you are to receive me in the blessed sacrament 
as often as obedience will allow. And then finally, the fourth revelation establishes Jesus and the solemnity of the Sacred Heart that happened in June 1975. And it says, Therefore I ask of you that the first Friday after the octave of Corpus Christi be dedicated as a feast in honor of my heart and amends made to it in an act of reparation offered to it and by the reception of Holy Communion on that day. So this is a feast day. You could say that Jesus himself said we are to honor. So tomorrow is the feast, the Sacred Heart. All right. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. And tomorrow at 6.30 p.m. is the Catholic Friendship Group meeting at St. Brigida Catholic Church in Portland. The Catholic Friendship Group is for single Catholics ages 40 to 60 who are looking to grow in faith and fellowship. Gatherings are held every other week and include adoration, a talk on prepared theme, and a social. On June 16th, there will be a presentation on Marian dogmas. And remember, you can find all the details on this and other events. Just head over to the community calendar. You're going to find it on materdayradio.com. You'll also access it on the Hail Mary media app. Well, it is a very special ordination of three priests, their anniversary. You're going to hear about it right after the forecast. Support for Matraday Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665. Please join me, Sister Christa von Borstel, in this prayer to St. Sebastian. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Glorious Sebastian, martyr and saint, I call on your strength and courage to help me through this difficult trial. Your faith was so deep, a multitude of arrows could not finish you. The piercing wounds inflicted for your faith only proved to strengthen your belief. May you intercede for those who are weakened from the effects of disease. I ask for your intercession that I may also survive that which threatens to destroy my beliefs in the mercy of Christ. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For more prayer resources, please visit our website at materdayradio.com or check the prayer section on the new Hail Mary Media app. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Holy Family Supply, Salem's Catholic Bookstore. Located at 421 Court Street Northeast in downtown Salem, Holy Family Supply has a wide variety of Catholic gifts for all occasions, including Bibles, rosaries, statues, and holy cards. Holy Family Supply current hours and days of operation are available by phone at 503-588-1071. I am Father Cedric Bizenia. I'm a passionist, religious, and a Catholic priest, and the host of Live With Passion. My motto is touching lives and saving souls. I hope you will tune in each week on Modern Day Radio, Thursdays at 7.30 p.m. It's designed to inspire and encourage you. It's real practical. 
talk about real life issues, things that people are going through. I'm so grateful that you're listening to Modern Day Radio. Don't just live, live with passion. 742 at Mater Day Radio. Gradual clearing today. High of 76. Partly cloudy tonight. Low of 51. And then partly sunny for Friday. Again, high of 76. All right. Currently, it is still chilly out there in some areas. 48 degrees at St. Mary's Catholic Church out in Vernonia. And 48 degrees at St. Paul Church in Eugene. They spend virtually all their adult life in serving the needs of their communities where they're assigned. The priests of the Archdiocese of Portland are dedicated, loving. They guide us all into a deeper relationship with the Lord. But when they are ready to retire, well, how is the Archdiocese ready to step in and help fill their needs? Well, Angie Gottfried is one of those people. She is the senior priest navigator for the Archdiocese of Portland. And in her role, she is there to ensure that our beloved senior priests are well taken care for. Angela is joining me this morning to let us know more about her program and to invite the whole community to a very special event coming up celebrating three of these wonderful senior priests. Good morning, Angie. Thanks so much for being with us this morning. I'm happy to be here, Brenda. Thanks. It's been a while since we've had an opportunity to talk. It was actually during those COVID shutdown years that we knew that our senior priests were so isolated. But with that in our rearview mirror, it's great to be able to talk with you again and just kind of find out more about your role now that things have opened up again. Tell our listeners more about what you do as the senior priest navigator. So as a navigator, that term kind of refers to my role in just helping our priests to navigate any systems and resources that they may need just to get their needs met, um, generally speaking. So um, a lot of that is just being kind of a touch person um, or a, you know, a, a point person at the archdiocese um, for if they have a question or a concern um, or some problem that they might need help solving. And I can just be a support in helping them to um, figure those things out. Um, I do provide a lot of outreach and just kind of check in uh, periodically with our senior priests, and that's really uh, mostly to express the care and concern of the Archbishop and our other Archdiocese leadership, and just to maintain those connections with our senior priests. Angie, it would seem to me that senior priests, of course, would take up a large group of men who are not placed at a parish anymore in a specific role as parochial vicar or pastor with those priests that are senior status, but still able to fill in where necessary. What is their role then as far as where they are living and how are they assigned to help those parishes that need time to time fill in? Yeah, uh, many, many of our senior priests are still very active um, in ministry in various ways, and many of them have, uh, you know, a a standing um, sort of uh, appointment or, you know, an an arrangement maybe with a local parish where they live, or um, perhaps they'll celebrate one or two masses a week in a senior care facility or uh, maybe with one of our retreat centers, or um, some of them do work or uh, volunteer work in hospital settings or things like that. So there's a lot of opportunity for kind of a more of a here and there ministry or uh, just occasional coverage and fill in 
for uh, other of our actively assigned priests in parishes. So there, there's a pretty big variety of um, ministry activities that our priests can, and many of them do participate in as much as they're able and as much as they want. Angie Godfrey is joining me today. She is the senior priest navigator for the Archdiocese of Portland, and her role is to ensure that our beloved senior priests are well cared for. Angie, I've talked to many people just in life in general who look forward to retirement and then find that making that adjustment from having that regular nine to five or job that they carried and then going into retirement can be a bit of an adjustment for priests whose entire vocation, whose entire life is dedicated to being a priest. Is their adjustment from active service to community to the senior status, is there unique aspects to helping them adjust that maybe some of us wouldn't necessarily go through? Um, I think it really depends on the priest. We have many various priests in terms of uh, what what they vary greatly in terms of their personalities, their interests, and also their needs and abilities when they reach the point where they are beginning to move into senior status. Uh, so m- some of them, it, it might depend on, you know, how easily or quickly um, they get tired. <laughs> um, oh, you know, I hear that. Are getting older. Yeah, some of them are uh, beginning to develop medical conditions and things like that that might, um, you know, might tire them out a little bit sooner. So they have to kind of adjust uh, how much they want to take on, um, and so that can be um, just really varied depending on the person. And we have some senior priests who are are very energetic and very active and. Um, they get to kind of choose now uh, that they're in senior status how busy they would like to be. Uh, Whereas before, when they were actively assigned, uh, it was very much dependent on what their archdiocese needed of them. And now they get a little bit more independent choice in some of those matters, like how busy they want to stay. Um, So that's uh, a positive benefit, I think. And um, some of our priests do kind of struggle with... um, entering into a less busy time of life um, because it is quite a change. Um, But most of them um, have so far, in my experience, um, handled that transition pretty well. And um, many of them really do enjoy having a little more downtime and a little more free time and the ability to spend their time really much more as they choose. Oh, prayers for them as, as our senior priests make that transition. Angie, now, of course, as we all do, we age and our care changes. And there are that group of senior priests who just are unable to fill in because their health doesn't allow them to be as active and that they have more health issues that they're having to deal with. And now that we're through the worst of COVID, are there still long term changes in how you interact with that group of senior priests and how is their health being preserved? Really, we've by now uh, come to a point where we've been able to bring things more of back to normal, which is wonderful. It's a great blessing that um, I have to be less careful. But some of the things that were in place that would prevent me from going to visit, for instance, uh, at facility types of living environments, those things have changed since the pandemic has been uh, essentially ended. 
So I'm now able to go and visit a priest who might live in a care facility um, much more easily than I was for a while. Um, and so I am kind of, I'm back to being able to go and visit in person, uh, which has been a great blessing. For a long time, I had to really keep in contact oh. with these priests by email and phone sure. uh, primarily. Now I'm able to go and visit them again. Well, I'm sure that all of them appreciate having you be able to come and have that face-to-face contact, that human interaction. That's the way God intended it. Angie Godfrey is the person that sees and helps take care of our senior priest. She is the senior priest navigator for the Archdiocese of Portland. Well, there is an opportunity coming up to celebrate three of our senior priests uh, coming up on June 24th, a celebration for well, three priests that are celebrating 50 years of ordination. Tell our listeners about it. Yeah, so on June 24th, a Saturday, there's going to be a Mass uh, with a liturgy dedicated to these um, wonderful priests who are all celebrating their 50 years um, ordination anniversaries. It's going to be Saturday morning at 10.30 a.m., June 24th, and that's going to be at St. Joseph Church in Salem, and there will be a reception afterwards, um, and it's going to be hosted by the multicultural communities in the parish center and gym, and and, um, I would expect it to be uh, just a wonderful time to gather and celebrate these priests. No, no doubt. Father James Coleman, who he himself was ordained at St. Joseph's Church, Monsignor Richard Hunniger will also be celebrated, and Father Kenneth Olson, who is assisting at Nativity of the Mother of God Ukrainian Catholic Church in Springfield. He ordained in Austria. So again, the whole community is invited to this very special event. Well, Angie, I appreciate your time today. Thank you so much for sharing with us some of the work you do and helping remind us about the needs of our senior priests. Angie, before we go, do you ever need help or assistance, volunteers that can help in any way to ensure that uh, our senior priests know that they are always on the forefront and prayers? Sure. And I think that what you mentioned, prayer, is is probably one of the best ways that our um, general public and our parishioners can support their senior priests by praying for them and also by reaching out to them if they're able. Um, And you can do that through me. Um, I'm available uh, here at the Pastoral Center and uh, people can reach me by email or by phone. I know my information is on the website um, in terms of how to reach me and I'm happy to answer questions about how to get in touch with a senior priest that um, maybe someone knew a long time ago and would like to reconnect with, or um, if someone would like to send a card or a note of of thanks or of, you know, letting one of our senior priests know how meaningful they've been in their lives and uh, maybe a a note of thanks or something like that. Um, I can always um, pass those things along and our, our senior priests are very happy to hear from people um, from past assignments and, Oh, perfect. Well, thank you so much. I encourage our listeners to definitely reach out to you. And uh, thank you again for all of your work. Thank you. 7.54 at Mater Day Radio. David and Brenda with you on the Morning Blend this Thursday morning. 
One of the ways you can support Mater Day Radio is through our vehicle donation program. If you have an old car, truck, boat, motorcycle, RV, you can donate that vehicle to Mater Day Radio's vehicle donation program. Just go to our website, click on the Get Involved menu, Vehicle Donation, take to the main page there. couple forms to fill out, really quick and easy process, and a likely tax deduction for you as well. It is Mater Day Radio's Vehicle Donation Program on our website at materdayradio.com or through the Hail Mary media app. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Broadcasting the fullness of truth, this is Mater Day Radio. KBVM Portland, Salem, Vancouver. KMME Cottage Grove, Eugene, Springfield. Translator K235BF Eugene and streaming at materdayradio.com. Christopher Minutes, thoughts on making every day count. I'm Tony Rossi. Nathaniel Moore was one of the many college graduates in 2020 that had a virtual commencement ceremony due to the pandemic. A physician's assistant at the University of Vermont Medical Center, the 30-year-old became concerned at the lack of protective gowns for frontline workers. He then came up with an idea called Gowns for Good, where graduates could donate their gowns to frontline workers in need. So many contributions poured in that he had to create a GoFundMe to cover the shipping and handling costs. Moore also used the tagline, Wear the Cap, Donate the Gown, on a sticker he designed that could be affixed to the graduates' caps. He told CNN, They can signify their effort and show they did something great with their gown. This message was brought to you by the Christophers. Thanks for listening, and remember that it's better to light one candle than to curse the darkness. Hi everyone, this is David from Day Radio's Morning Blend. I would like to invite you to check out my new podcast, On The Go, where I have a chance to visit with coaches, musicians, artists, and more. We go a little bit more in-depth with the podcast, which hopefully gives you a little more insight into the good folks we talk to. It's On The Go, available on your favorite podcast platform or Day Radio's free Hail Mary media app. I'll talk to you soon. The Morning Blend. Check out our podcast at materdayradio.com. 7.57 at Mater Day Radio and some rough weather across the country today. We'll have the story for you in the news. And we should often pray for our priests, but on the Feast of the Sacred Heart of Jesus, it's especially important. I'll tell you why coming up right after Awaken the Saint. Hey everyone, I'm Ethan with Awaken Catholic, and this is Awaken the Saint. Today we celebrate the feast of St. Luigi Palazzolo, who, despite losing his own family, made it his mission to look after the orphans of Italy. Luigi was born in 1827 in northern Italy. He was the last of nine sons in more than one sense. Though they were well provided for, his brothers all died before he was an adult. His father also died when he was 10, so Luigi and his mother had only each other left. Despite such terrible loss in their family, Luigi's mother raised him faithfully and lovingly. She had for help the instruction of local priests who encouraged Luigi to go out to nearby hospital or to people's homes in order to tend to the sick. 
In this way, charity became second nature to him. After his early years of schooling, it became evident that Luigi had developed not only a kind heart, but a keen mind as well. Following the model of the holy men who had helped teach him in his youth, he pursued the study of philosophy and theology in order to become a priest. He was ordained in 1850 at the age of 23. As a priest, Luigi kept his eyes open for ways that he could help those who were suffering. He soon found his calling in the aftermath of the Italian Wars for Independence, which had caused much damage and loss. He was particularly receptive to the struggles of homeless orphan children with no one to look after them. Luigi took in many children and cared for them as best he could. He gave them food, shelter, and education, and even entertainment in the form of puppet shows. While he poured himself into the work of raising these children, it quickly became apparent that he couldn't do enough, especially on his own. After the death of his own mother in 1862, he had come to realize just how difficult it was for children without parents, and particularly girls without mothers. He knew the care of a mother, which so many orphan girls desperately needed, wasn't something he could provide, and prayed someone would come to his assistance. His prayers were answered when he encountered Teresa Gabrielli, a nun who had a similar passion for providing care to orphans and needy youths. In 1869, Luigi helped her to found the Sisters of the Poor, who made it their mission to help those who were destitute, especially young girls. While the congregation had a rocky start, in time, more sisters joined the cause, enabling the care of more and more homeless children as the years went on. In the meantime, Luigi devoted himself to a life of complete poverty, selling or giving away all of his possessions for the sake of the poor. As he approached his 60s, Luigi's health steeply declined. He developed difficulties in breathing, forcing him to sleep in a chair. He lived long enough to see the Sisters of the Poor officially approved, but not much longer. He died in 1886, his last word being in the name of Jesus. He was canonized in 2022. Family is something we often take for granted, but it's an extremely important part of our lives. While many holy people emerge from surprising circumstances, a family of faith is often the environment in which saints are fostered. St. Luigi Palazzolo, pray for us. Thank you for tuning in to Awaken the Saint. And that is Awaken the Saint. For more information about the saints, please pray with Mater Day Radio. You can download our free Hail Mary media app. Find all the details at materdayradio.com. It is 8 o'clock. And in your news, if you have travel plans for today, be aware that severe weather is anticipated for a big swath of the country that could produce wind gusts in excess of 80 miles per hour, hail greater than two inches in diameter, as well as tornadoes. Latest round of storms comes on the heels of more than 300 storm reports yesterday, continuing a long streak of active weather. Now, the area under threat today stretches from Colorado to South Carolina, with the greatest potential across portions of Oklahoma and Kansas. Wednesday's severe threat brought more than 300 storm reports across the South and the Plains. There were at least 100 hail reports and more than 200 wind reports, which knocked out power to more than 100,000 homes. Baseball to tennis ball-sized hail was reported in Alabama, and hail greater than five inches was reported in Mississippi. Ten tornadoes were also reported. Wow. Some crazy weather. That is incredible. And it, it's been so mild here. We yeah. so often in the wintertime see things develop here yeah. and then move across the country. But we bypassed a lot of that. But that that size hail will do a lot oh, yeah. of damage to home, cars, pets, people. Boy, you got to watch out. for So prayers for our brothers and sisters. Yeah. Again, if you're traveling... 
today heading east, you definitely check your airline, see what's uh, pack, happening. Pack some patience, is yeah, that what you're saying? I think so. Well, a former Anglican bishop from Wales will be received into full communion with the Roman Catholic Church next month and serve as a priest with the Anglican Ordinariate, which was set up by Pope Benedict XVI in 2011. The Right Reverend Richard Payne, who served as the Anglican Bishop of Monmouth, will join the Catholic Church on Sunday, July 2nd at St. Basil and St. Gladys in Rogerstone, Wales. He is the first Welsh Anglican Bishop to convert to Catholicism. Now, the ordinariate is structured similarly to a diocese and allows former Anglican priests and bishops to enter into full communion with the Catholic Church while maintaining certain Anglican traditions. It has its own Eucharistic liturgy, which is distinct from the standard Roman Rite liturgy and incorporates elements of the Book of Common Prayer that do not conflict with the Catholic doctrine. Well, Max, light rail riders to Portland International Airport, a big heads up, beginning this Sunday, that would be June 18th, TriMet will be shutting down Max Redline service from Gateway to PDX, and it won't be restored until as late as October 21st. So those needing to travel between the two stations will be served by shuttle buses. Riders should plan at least an extra 30 minutes for their trips, Longer if there's traffic disruptions on Interstate 205. Redline trains will continue running west of the Gateway Transit Center during the duration of the project. But trains between Beaverton Transit Center and the Gateway Transit Center will be arriving less often, every 30 minutes instead of 15. Now, the closure is due to a series of improvement projects, including a complete remodel of the PDX Max station and creation of a two-thirds mile long second track near the airport a fire that broke out in the dows along the columbia river gorge on wednesday evening prompted evacuation orders and burned down at least one home the fire is located off of i-84 near milepost 87 on the east side of the dows near mobile home and rv park on a hill above the interstate Currently, the fire is 0% contained. Mm. The Oregon State Fire Marshal Office tweeted that it had mobilized two scooper planes to help stop the wildfire and support firefighters on the ground. The Wasco County Sheriff's Office issued evacuation orders shortly before 7 p.m. on Wednesday night. The evacuation area includes the Oregon Veterans Home, a residential center for disabled veterans. However, they later clarified that residents of the center are sheltering in place instead of evacuating. And the Portland Bureau of Transportation is now seeking volunteers for their 2023 Summer Bicycle Count. For three decades, the Bicycle Count has tracked trends of bike use across the city, played a key role in its investment in infrastructure. Now, the 2023 Summer Bicycle Count began June 6th, runs all the way through September 28th. And this year, PBOT is tracking more information, including e-scooters, e-bikes, skateboards, and one wheels. Oh, all, right. all of those are considered in this uh, in this uh, count. 
So Peabot is currently taking applications for volunteers to keep count of bikes at over 300 locations around the city. Now, for those interested, the sign-up process is easy. They ask you to just go to their website, watch a video, and then fill out the forms. In 2021, bicycle count, since that was their first since pre-pandemic, Peabot said bike usage had dropped more than a third since 2019. Mm. My suspicion is, and I just actually drove right through town yesterday as I was heading home trying to bypass some uh, traffic jams. Yeah. There were a good amount of bicycles around the city. I'm seeing more of these one-wheelers, though. Have what, you seen what, those? What are the one-wheelers? A one-wheeler. It's an electric bike. I, well, it can't call it a bike. It's an electric one-wheeler where you stand on two sides oh, of yeah. a large yeah, yeah, yeah. central I know what wheel, you're talking about. Yeah, And you scoot along. Yeah. I would break my neck. <laughs> yes, I don't think I would that's not easy. ride those. Uh, a tricycle. I want a tricycle for a grown-up person. That's what I'll ride. Have you ever rented one of the electric scooters that Never. are out there? I kind of no. like to do that. Again, I don't need to be breaking any of my bones right now. <laughs> you don't now. have to go very fast. You can just kind of go kind of go slow. Like I would that. be I can't remember what sitcom it was, but I would get fixated on uh, trying to avoid things. Yeah. And just run right into it. It, it. There was, I can't remember the sitcom, but there was something about that. Yeah. That he kept running into the same. I, I can't, I don't know. So I, pan, you, I panic, David. So Peabot, they're looking for volunteers. Do you get one of those little clickers that you click? Oh yeah. Like they do in church. Like yeah, in church. Ever, yeah. And when those. it's real quiet, you're trying to pray. <laughs> and then you hear that. Click, they, click, when click, do they click, usually click, do click. the census? They usually have those. Like, a couple of times, times a year. year. Yeah, they do that. So. Well, if you're you're a trained <laughs> clicker, you can do that. You can do that, ushers. Uh, in sports, we were talking a little bit about this yesterday, but it appears the Oakland A's are one step closer to moving to Las Vegas. Yesterday, the Nevada legislature gave final approval to a public funding for a portion of the proposed $1.5 billion stadium with a retractable roof. The deal that backers say will help further establish Las Vegas as the new entertainment and sports capital of the world. All right. How about that? The Nevada legislature approved a $380 million uh, package for the stadium. That still needs the governor's signature, but that's expected. And uh, Major League Baseball must sign off on Oakland's move, and that also is anticipated. So now you could have the Oakland A's, the Las Vegas A's. Talked about yesterday, the uh, Golden Knights, the National Hockey League, won the title. Mm -hmm. Their WNBA team won the title. They now have the Las Vegas Raiders. They're not winning any titles, David. they came from Oakland, though, (laughs) so they're getting another Oakland team. So I I, I guess there's a lot of money in Las Vegas. There must be. Okay, so look, you're the Oakland A's. I know that Billy Bean was courted here in Portland. Look, you got Portland, Oregon. Or a $1.5 billion free baseball stadium. Yeah. Hmm. I see what you're saying. Yeah, there. I could see how the uh, scales were tipped in a certain direction. <laughs> yes. Each year on the Friday following the Feast of Corpus Christi, the church looks to the sacred heart of Jesus. It is on this day that the church is also encouraged to pray for priests on what is now called the World Day of Prayer for the Sanctification of of priests. St. John Paul II instituted this day in 2002 to highlight the importance of praying for priests. 
The Congregation for the Clergy also noted that day was chosen because the Feast of the Sacred Heart celebrates God's merciful love, and that becomes tangible for priests in the Eucharistic mystery, which they celebrate daily, and in the sacramental pardon, which they administer and receive. In particular, St. John Paul II explained in a letter to priests in 2001 that priests are also in need of the sacraments, especially the sacrament of reconciliation. He said, Dear priests, let us make regular use of this sacrament that the Lord may constantly purify our hearts, make us less unworthy of the mysteries which we celebrate. Priests are human beings and are often the subject of temptation. St. John Paul II recognized this fact and implored the world to pray for priests on the solemnity of the Sacred Heart, ensuring that they would remain holy and devoted to God. Mm. So that Uh, is tomorrow. Okay, and I was going to mention that our good friend Ken Helaney is going to join us tomorrow morning. We're going to talk about the Sacred Heart of Jesus, too. Oh, perfect. Always look forward to the morning when Ken joins us. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. And tomorrow evening at 7 o'clock is the Dominican Rite Mass for the Feast of the Sacred Heart of Jesus at Holy Rosary Church in Portland. All are invited to attend a Misa Cantata according to the Dominican Rite in honor of this feast day. Also next Wednesday at 6 o'clock is a Mass for the Feast Day of St. Joseph Maria Escobia. It's happening at Christ the King Church in Milwaukee. Mass begins at 6.15. Remember, you can find details on these and other events. Head over to the community calendar, materdayradio.com, and the Hail Mary media app. What's coming up in our next interview segment? So some beautiful artwork in books from Lent and Advent. The artist lives right here in Portland. I'm going to talk to him. Excellent. Right after the forecast. Support for Monterey Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Holy Family Catholic Clinic is a proud member of Mater Dei Radio's Leadership Circle. Located at 21810 Willamette Drive in West Lynn, Holy Family Catholic Clinic is Christ-centered and provides superior, compassionate, life-affirming health care to patients of all ages. Holy Family Catholic Clinic offers medical services that are in adherence to Catholic moral teaching and bioethics, honoring the sanctity of life from conception to natural death. Learn more at holyfamilyclinic.com. That's holyfamilyclinic.com. Say yes to God and celebrate life with Mater Dei Radio and the Hail Mary Media app. We're uniting with the Archdiocese of Portland and praying a new Celebrate Life novena leading up to a Celebrate Life Mass with Archbishop Alexander Sample on Sunday, June 25th at St. Mary's Cathedral of the Immaculate Conception. A Rosary for Life will be prayed before Mass and the Christ the King Children's Choir will sing. Inspire a culture of life with the new Celebrate Life Novena, available online at MatreDayRadio.com and on the Hail Mary Media app. 
Each day contains a stirring reflection to help you become what Pope St. John Paul II called a genuine witness who embodies a culture of life through obedience to God's plan and support of families. Say yes to God and join us in this special Novena prayer now on the Hail Mary Media app and Matra Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. It is 814 Day Radio. Going to see morning clouds today, then some clearing this afternoon. High of 76 degrees, partly cloudy tonight, low of 51, and then a little more sunshine tomorrow, maybe 76 your high. Currently 52 degrees at St. Thomas Catholic Church out in Camas. And 46 degrees at Immaculate Conception Church in Staten. Recently, you maybe picked up a copy of the Advent book, Behold, by Sister Miriam James Hyland. Well, you would have noticed that incredible artwork that accompanied each chapter. Or maybe this Lent, you're reading and following the video series by Father John Burns. That one's called Return. And you would also see that same familiar artwork. Well, that artist is Josiah Henley. Josiah is a Catholic illustrator and designer, and he's living right here in the Portland area. He's joining me this morning to share more about this wonderful gift that he shares in his books and also more available to all of us. Good morning, Josiah. Thank you so much for joining us on The Morning Blend. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Well, I must say that when I received copies ahead of both Sister Miriam's book and also Father Burns' book, we all noticed here in the station these incredible, beautiful pieces of art that were on the cover and that accompanied each page. And I think our listeners would be excited to know that you're right here from Portland. First, kind of tell us about yourself and your family. See, I've been living in the Pacific Northwest, Portland area for oh shoot, probably about 27 years now. Um, so for quite a while before that, um, I grew up in Bay Area, California, moved here when I was a child. Um, but yeah, um, you know, lived here for a while. Um, I am a Catholic convert, so converted um, from Protestantism in about, I think it was 2016, so I've been practicing Catholic since then. Um, but yeah, I got into, you know, always, always fascinated with um, art and design and wanted to do something with that um, and then studied um, architecture in school actually um, and so um, that is actually what I do full-time um, so I'm a, I work in architecture here in Portland um, a lot of apartments multifamily housing all the new stuff that you see going up around town um, so that's a lot of fun but I, I it's you know I there is kind of a it's it's an interesting part of my story I think um, you know I uh, went to Portland State University and studied there for a while and, and really studied in um, uh, modern, sort of the modern method of mm-hmm. art and design. So really steeped in a lot of that theory. And and then when I converted to Catholicism, um, you know, became really fascinated with some of the more ancient um, art within um, Catholicism. And so um, wanted to sort of explore that, you know, it was kind of new for me you know, um, primarily familiar with a lot of modern stuff. Um, and so I think that's kind of where the convergence um, happened um, in in the stuff that I do, um, my artwork. So really a lot of it is an exploration for me, you know, using modern methods and tools to create artwork, um, but really looking at sort of more ancient stuff as inspiration and, and you know, learning a lot from that, whether it's the position of the figures or the symbolism in it. Um, it's 
it's really an exploration and something I find really interesting and fascinating. Well, Josiah, in the time that before you entered the church, did you ever find that you looked at art within the Catholic Church? Of course, I think many people would be familiar with the Sistine Chapel or, of course, all all of the beautiful Renaissance artwork that depicted faith. Did that even back then, you know, strike a chord with you? Or was that, you know, since you began your conversion, then did it open up this whole new world of art for you? Yeah, you know, I think I always found it really interesting and fascinating. Um, it was one of those things where I was sort of drawn to it, and I didn't know why, you know. Um, and, you know, the more you study it and look at it, um, you start to recognize the theology behind it. And so, um, yeah, so I think I was always drawn to it, but I didn't really understand it. I mean, I wouldn't say I fully understand all the aspects of it, but now I sort of understand, I, I have a a glimpse at the depth behind a lot of the, the artwork from the Renaissance um, or, you know, even before that, I think icons have always been really fascinating to me as well. And, the, you know, those are really theologically rich and, and interesting to look at. And I think, you know, after joining the Catholic Church and you really start to understand the history of those and the meaning behind it, too. And that's that's the part I find really fascinating. Joining me today is Josiah Henley. He is an incredible artist living right here in Portland, Oregon, and you would have seen many of his beautiful pictures in books on Advent by Sister Miriam James Heidland and also returned by Father John Burns. I'd love to explain, if you could, kind of your inspiration in drawing these things, because in looking at your online artwork, and we can see so much more if you just take a look at them, but you take very familiar, like, as I said, historic and Renaissance type of artwork of our Christ and the Virgin Mary and different saints, and then you really kind of bring them forward in a more, maybe perhaps modern eye. Tell our listeners how you're inspired by looking at different images and then how you put that into now a a more current view of Catholic faith. So I think like what I was talking about before, um, you know, it's really the tools that I have um, at home are very digital based. They're modern. It's just sort of what I already had coming out of architecture school and and design. And um, I was already equipped to create art like that, but then becoming interested and fascinated in, in more um, older ancient historic art and looking at that as inspiration and trying to replicate that with the modern tools that I had just kind of, you know, it's almost almost by accident that this, the um, more experimental modern style that's influenced by the older artwork sort of happened. Um, and that's kind of the best way I can explain it. You know, it's, it's a oh. little bit, a little bit uh, unintentional, but then, um, but also uh, interesting, <laughs> I guess. You know, interesting is amazing because, yeah, just as a simple Google search, Josiah Henley artist, and your your images come up. Many people have talked about their own artwork, or even in uh, writing, they pray along with their artwork with their form do you find that when you are contemplating a new image and you begin that process do you think in your mind about bringing that saint to you to to help you uh, serve as inspiration for well the holiness that you're about to put on the screen 
Yes. Yeah, definitely. Um, there's always, um, you know, I usually get an idea, um, sort of inspired to start doing some, some artwork, whether it's around a certain theme or, um, a saint in, in there's usually a period of research, I think, um, that I do. And, and that does involve, you know, prayer and, and meditation and in my daily devotionals, and I sort of fold that in. Um, and I, I, I do believe that that really helps inspire the artwork. So, so yeah, for sure, definitely. Oh, and again, they're absolutely incredible. Now, I am looking at your Instagram page and and just looking at some of these things, and people actually have an opportunity to also look at your artwork and maybe bring some home. Tell us a little bit about how they can do that. Sure. Yeah. Um, so I am on Instagram. I'm not very good at curating it or. or keeping up on the marketing aspect of that. Um, <laughs> it's not a particular skill set of mine, but I do my best. Um, and you can find that. Um, it's So the, the shop name is Heart of Jesus, and that's I-E-S-V-S. So it's the Latin stylized version of Jesus. And so it's heart underscore of underscore Jesus. So that's how you find me on Instagram. And from there, there's a link that goes to my Etsy shop where you can buy um, prayer cards, uh, prints, and some other uh, fun stuff with my designs on it. So, yeah. I encourage all of our listeners to go straight to your computer today and look these up. Again, it's incredible art by Josiah Henley. Well, Josiah, I really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much for sharing it with us. And thank you for sharing this gift of your art with all of us to see. Yeah, thank you. So again, that is Josiah Henley. To make that much easier for you to find, I'm going to put a link to where you can get to Josiah's Instagram page and also where you're going to be able to find his Etsy store where you can actually purchase some of these materials for yourself. You're going to find those links on the podcast of this interview, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. And it is 823 at Day Radio. Well, have you downloaded the free Hail Mary media app? we got all the information on our website. By downloading that app, you will have access to our exclusive audio, video, and text prayer library. You can tune in to live broadcasts of Day Radio. You can sign up for customized prayer reminders and oh so much more. You can listen to prayers, right? You can listen to prayers, too, on the audio prayer. You can even see prayers uh, and some of these beautiful videos also. So make sure you download it again. It's free. It's the Hail Mary Media app. All the information on our website at materdayradio.com. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Hi, this is Tim Staples, Senior Apologist with Catholic Answers and an adult convert to the Catholic faith inviting Mater Day radio listeners to join me for the 50th annual Summer Institute in Catholic Teaching at Our Lady of Peace Retreat Center. As one of this year's speakers, I'm going to discuss some of the whys behind our Catholic faith, such as why be Catholic? How is man saved? 
I'll talk about Luther's most important question and what's all the fuss about Mary and more. I'll be there, and I hope you will too. Join Tim Staples, the Dominican Sisters of Mary, Mother of the Eucharist, Father Theodore Lang, and Bishop Peter Smith during this life-changing spiritual and educational retreat, July 10th through the 14th at Our Lady of Peace Retreat in Beaverton. For all the details and how to register, visit olpretreat.org. That's olpretreat.org. What's your next mission from God? You do have one. We all do. God has something in mind for us right where we are. This is Julie Anderko. Please join me on Your Next Mission from God, where the saints show us just how it's done. They've been through it, and sometimes they even got it wrong before they got it right. Listen to Your Next Mission from God, Saturday mornings at 7.15 and Sunday mornings at 8.15, right here on the bridge between your faith and everyday life, Matra Day Radio. It's the cup that refreshes the morning blend on Mater Day Radio. And it is 826 at Mater Day Radio. A burn ban for Washington County. We'll have the details in the news. And the first photos of Pope Francis since his surgery, they have been published. He's looking like he is well on his way to recovery. Maybe home to the Vatican soon. I'll have that update for you coming up in news. This is PJ Anderson and Rise. And we are the Morning Blend on Mater Day Radio. Struggle to believe 
and rise. It is 8.30 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. The priest and artist Father Marco Rupnik accused of the physical and psychological abuse of numerous religious sisters was dismissed from the Jesuits this month, according to the religious order. The Society of Jesus said in a June 15th statement Rupnik was expelled due to his stubborn refusal to observe the vow of obedience. Rupnik had been asked to change communities and accept a new mission. The statement said, faced with Marco Rupnik's repeated refusal to obey this mandate, we were unfortunately left with only one solution, dismissal from the Society of Jesus. Now, according to canon law, Rupnik has 30 days to appeal the dismissal after receiving the decree on June 14th. News of Rupnik's dismissal comes in the wake of recent reports that he had made a trip to Bosnia and Croatia, where he engaged in art restoration projects, despite the restrictions against him, which barred him from leaving the Lazio region and from engaging in public artistic activities. On the morning of June 15th, Pope Francis visited patients in the Pediatric Oncology and Child Neurosurgery Department of the Gemelli Polyclinic Hospital. The Vatican Press Office announced and they shared those photos of the meeting. These are the first images of Pope Francis since his operation on June 7th. The Department of Pediatric Oncology and Child Neurosurgery is located on the 10th floor of the hospital, which is the same floor where the apartments of the pontiff are located. Now, Cardinal Giovanni Battista Ray, Dean of the College of Cardinals, announced in an email to Cardinals that the Pope could return to the Vatican today or tomorrow. So if you're in one of the hospital rooms there and like a child and the parents are sitting in there and somebody comes in and goes, so we've got a special guest who would like to visit with you. Oh, yes. okay. Okay, yeah. sure. Who is it? Pope Francis. Oh, gosh, how great would that be? <laughs> yes. Well, it's that time of year. Washington County fire agencies have enacted a high fire danger burn ban for the remainder of the season in Washington County. Now, the burn ban prohibits backyard or open burning, including branches and yard debris, as well as agricultural burning, including including crops, fields, and other land clearing. The burn ban does allow for small outdoor cooking, warming, or recreational fires. These include portable or permanent fire pits, fire tables, and campfires with a maximum fuel area of three feet in diameter and two feet in height in a safe location away from combustibles or vegetation and are fully extinguished after use. Barbecue grills, smokers, and similar cooking appliances are allowed. There may be more restrictive fire safety rules near Oregon Department of Forestry protected land, which exists throughout much of rural Washington County. As always, too, if you have questions, they invite you to check with your local agency 
so you know, because a lot of these bands are nuanced. There's different things exactly. you can and cannot do. So if you have any questions, definitely contact your local agency. Two days after jurors in Multnomah County found the utility Pacific Corps was to blame for wildfires in 2020, they ordered the company to pay punitive damages. That's an in, in addition to the more than $70 million already owed to plaintiffs in the case. The jury's decision will require Pacific Corps to pay 0.25 times any economic and non-economic damages applied in the case. For the 17 named plaintiffs, that is likely to raise their owed damages to somewhere near $90 million. During its closing arguments, Pacific Corps estimated that such a verdict would cost the company $11 billion in total once the thousands of people affected by the fires in the case are compensated. OPB reports the substantial cost of the court case is unlikely to be passed on to Pacific Power customers. But Bob Jenks of the Oregon Citizens Utility Board said ratepayers may see their bills rise in coming years as electric utility invests more to prevent costly fires. Oregon's unemployment rate dropped to 3.7% in May. That's down from 4% in April. This was the fourth consecutive monthly drop in the jobless rate, down from a recent high of 4.8% in January. Now, Oregon's May unemployment rate of 3.7%, that equaled the U.S. unemployment rate, which rose to 3.7% in May. That was from 3.4% in April. Now, over the month, job gains were largest in financial activities, leisure and hospitality, transportation, warehousing, and utilities. Declines were largest in retail trade and government. Overall, 3,600 jobs were added to the payrolls in May. The Portland Bureau of Transportation is now seeking volunteers for their 2023 Summer Bicycle Count. For three decades, the Bicycle Count has tracked trends of bike use across the city, played a key role in its investment in infrastructure. So the 2023 Summer Bicycle Count began June 6th and runs through September 28th. And this year, PBOT is tracking more information, including e-scooters, e-bikes, skateboards, and one-wheels. Peabot is currently taking application for volunteers to keep count of bikes at over 300 locations around the city. For those interested, the sign-up process is easy. Just go to their website, watch a video, and fill out and sign up with their forms. All right, sounds good. Should be easy. In sports, University of Portland men's basketball team is adding a grad transfer to the program that could be a real impact player for the Pilots this coming season. He is six foot eight, Alamami Koroma, coming from Cal Poly, where he started 75 games in four years for the Mustangs. Koroma is a two-time All-Big West Honorable Mention selection and has been a starter the last three years for the Mustangs. He recorded double figures 19 times last season, including a high of 23 points and a win over Idaho. Chroma has logged 20 or more points eight times throughout his career. So the Pilots have added three other transfers to the program, as well as signing two freshmen. Jesus revealed his Sacred Heart devotion to St. Margaret Mary Alacoque in several mystical visions between 1673-1675. 
St. Margaret Mary Alacoque was a French nun of the Order of the Visitation of Our Lady. And Jesus appeared to her four times, revealing his love for humankind through a sacred heart. So the first apparition happened December 27th in 1673. The second revelation, July 2nd, 1674, also the Feast of the Visitation. Then the third revelation is the first Friday devotion announcement by Christ himself, July of 1674, where he said, First, you are to receive me in the Blessed Sacrament as often as obedience will allow, no matter what mortification or humiliation it may entail. Moreover, you are to receive Holy Communion on the first Friday of every month. And then the fourth revelation was June in 1675, where Jesus establishes the solemnity of the Sacred Heart, saying, Therefore, I ask of you that the first Friday after the octave of Corpus Christi be dedicated as a feast in honor of my heart and amends made to it in an act of reparation. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. Well, David, I was wondering when all of these would begin, mm -hmm. and so it is soon. June 23rd, 24th, and 25th, the St. Jude Parish Annual Rummage Sale all coming right. up. That same weekend, June 23rd and 24th, is a rummage sale at St. Anthony's Parish in Forest Grove. Uh, head over to our community calendar. I have a feeling there will be more and more of these as mm -hmm. we get through the summer. You can find details on these and other events. Head over to the community calendar, materdayradio.com, the Hail Mary media app. So it's a very popular program here on Mater Day Radio. That would be Voice of the Shepherd, Tuesday evening, 7.30, or anytime on the Hail Mary Media app. So you pulled a very special segment from the program. That's right. This week, Monsignor O'Connor joined Dina Marie and Archbishop Sample, and they talk about the dedication and devotion of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. It was just too good. In case you missed it, I pulled a great clip for you. All right, we're going to have that for you right after the forecast. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Does Jesus condemn praying the rosary in Matthew 6-7 when he says, as the King James renders it, use not vain repetitions as the heathens do? Protestants think so. What's the Catholic response? First, Jesus is not condemning repetitious prayer per se. If he were, well then he would be condemning himself, since according to Mark 14-39, he prayed multiple times, Father, remove this cup, not what I will, but what you will. But that's absurd. So what was Jesus condemning? He was condemning Gentile prayers, which were mindless repetitious prayers, as the Greek text suggests. The Gentiles recited prayers only to appease their gods. They were, as the RSV translates it, empty phrases, having nothing to do with expressing one's love for the gods. That's what Jesus is condemning, not the repetitious prayer of the rosary. 
I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, catholic.com. Mater Day Radio is supported by our Leadership Circle members, including Mount Calvary and Gethsemane Catholic Funeral Services. Operated by the Archdiocese of Portland, services include the recently completed Gethsemane Funeral Home, located on the grounds of Gethsemane Cemetery in Happy Valley. The new funeral home provides burial services to the Catholic community, regardless of cemetery choice. For more information, visit ccpdxor.com. As we surpass three decades of broadcasting, all of us at Mater Dei Radio are thankful for the many blessings this special radio ministry provides to our Catholic community. To ensure that our faith continues to thrive in today's media, we hope you will consider including Mater Dei Radio in your estate planning. There are many estate planning options to choose from, but one way would be to include Mater Dei Radio as a beneficiary in your will. More information on estate planning is on our website at materdayradio.com. It is 842 at Mater Dei Radio. That's going to be a pretty pleasant day out there today. Some morning clouds and gradual clearing, a high of 76 degrees. Partly cloudy overnight tonight, low of 51. And then tomorrow, kind of a repeat of today. It looks like morning clouds and partly sunny in the afternoon. Again, a high of 76. All right. Currently, it is 55 degrees at the St. Vincent de Paul Center in Vancouver. And it is 55 degrees at Resurrection Church in Tualatin. Every Tuesday evening, our friend Dina Marie Hale sits down with Archbishop Alexander Sample in their show, The Voice of the Shepherd. Well, this week, added to the group, Monsignor Gerard O'Connor joins them, and they talked about the Sacred Heart of Jesus, the feast day, which is tomorrow. So I pulled a little piece of their show for this week because Mm -hmm. it's just so appropriate for the day. You know, the it was that the great tradition in our faith, and and I and I would hope that we would recapture that tradition of enthroning actually mm-hmm. the Sacred Heart in our homes, to have an image of the Sacred Heart of Jesus, to watch over our our homes, our families, because it's from the heart of Christ that the mercy of God flows to us. So I mean, you know, we we. Talk about the heart of a person. And of course, we can talk about, you know, the physical organ, which is the heart. But when we speak about the heart of a person, you know, we're, we're talking about something essential to, to their identity of who they are and how they reveal themselves to us. And so when we focus on the heart of Jesus, the sacred heart of Jesus, we're looking at the very nature of Christ, the very nature of God, who is the revelation of the Father's love. So it's a heart full of mercy, a heart that burns with mercy for us, a heart that was pierced for us, the pierced heart of Jesus, a heart crowned with thorns, yes, that suffered for us and is united to us in our sufferings. I think when I look at at the crown of thorns around the heart of Jesus in that image, I I think of how he unites himself to us as as we kind of wear our own crown of thorns uh, in the sufferings of life. But it's from that heart that flows the grace and the mercy that we need um, to to sustain ourselves, to be sustained by Him, in our journey of faith, in our in our desire to receive all that God uh, you know has in store for us in heaven, uh, to to help us along our pilgrim way. And I like quite honestly the fact that the the feast of the Sacred Heart of Jesus, mm-hmm. the solemnity of the Sacred Heart of Jesus, is closely connected to the to the feast or the, the memorial of the Immaculate Heart of His Mother Mary. You know, because it's it's her heart as well, united to his, that brings us these wonderful graces of, of our God. 
back in my old parish in Massachusetts, we started the devotion to the Sacred Heart on the first Fridays. And there were lots of little things that just happened, which were quite strange, and it sort of helped. And so uh, we had Mass in the morning at 8.30 uh, or 9 o'clock. It was a late Mass. I could get up late in those days. <laughs> it was, it was well, easy, like an you. easy schedule, yeah. <laughs> but the, the, um, we started doing the first Friday devotions. And a gentleman said to me once, um, you know, I can't come to the 9 o'clock Mass. I've got to work. You know, he said, would you consider putting on an evening Mass for first Fridays? And being a lazy priest as I am, I said, well, no, I've got enough on my plate. I've got a school to run, and what if I get a funeral that day and all this sort of stuff? I decided to do it, and it just took off. Hmm. We'd get 100 people to Mass in the evenings. Really? And, yeah, and more or less, I may have done it once, I never got a funeral on a first Friday. It was amazing. Wow. You know, because I was quite, I didn't want to say, you know, three Masses on the day and things like this. All these little things, people started having their thro- uh, their houses enthroned, mm-hmm. and suddenly... It was the um, the Abuses Sacred Heart Mary. Fathers, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they organized an enthronement, so people started getting their houses enthroned. And um, there was one lady in my parish who had six adult children. All six adult children practiced their faith, and their kids practiced their faith. And I said to Maggie once, <laughs> I said, tell me what you put this down <laughs> to. And she said, the enthrone of the Sacred Heart in my house. Wow. We had that done when we our, our kids were little. And she says, I've always prayed to the Sacred Heart. Mm. I've always encouraged them when they left the house and when they came back in the house. And she, you know, and that was an amazing story. So we've had all this experience over the years of, of just these wonderful stories and people, you know, taking up the first Saturday devotions, obviously the confessions on that day. Even now at the cathedral on the first Saturdays, I hear my confessions after the morning mass. So, um, yeah, no, I, I, you know, it's a beautiful devotion. It really is. You know, I, I, think, I think one of the things that, you know, unfortunately, you know, and I think this started uh, probably in the wake of, of the Second Vatican Council. And again, this is not to blame the Second Vatican Council for anything because, you know, the, the, the council did uh, far from it discourage devotions. But there was a sort of a, a spirit in the air of the time that, that tended to uh, poo-poo. Uh, devotions, you know, and the devotional life of, of the Catholic, you know, whether it was the praying of the Holy Rosary, whether it was Eucharistic adoration, yeah, which yeah, I know you definitely. talked about before. I mean, I had never seen, I, I mean, I grew up and went to Catholic grade school and, and, and high school. I had never seen Eucharistic. I had never seen the Blessed Sacrament exposed in a monstrance until I was well into my college years. Because it just wasn't it wasn't encouraged anymore, and so devotions like devotion mm, to the yeah. Sacred Heart of Jesus were sort of set aside, uh, kind of uh, you know considered a little bit you know maybe uh, too simple and for the simple minded, and maybe even some people maybe even uh, tried to associate you know superstitious kind of uh, attachments that people had to these things, and I think it's been a tremendous loss, mm-hmm. a tremendous yeah. loss for our people. There's a great richness to them. And I think another thing that came after the council was we were very focused on ecumenism. And some of these things that we do as Catholics uh, don't go down Mm -hmm. too well (laughs) in hardened Protestant circles, like uh, Marian devotions, etc., sacred heart, things like this. Things that have been in private revelations through the centuries that have been just, you know, the, the faithful have grasped onto and loved them as nourishment for their prayer life. Mm-hmm. That sort of stuff doesn't go well when we're talking to other non-Catholic Christians about 
the, the fundamentals. This is the sort of, you know, the, the extras, if you like. So I think that was part of what mm-hmm. happened after the council. So serious uh, ecumenical dialogue didn't want anything to do with these sort of devotions. And I think that, <clears throat> as I said, the, the impoverishment of it, though, is these, these are the sorts of things that sort of uh, built a Catholic culture yeah. um, among our people. We, we understood these devotions. We participated in these devotions, a devotion to the Sacred Heart and, and others. And it, it sort of united us. It, it, it identified us. Uh, it characterized who we were. We shared a common kind of a devotional spirituality. So I, I think when, when these things were sort of set aside, ignored, maybe even denigrated a little bit, again, I think it I think it's really has had a profound effect on this the diminution of a, of, a, of a sense of Catholic culture among our people. So that's why, you know, I think uh, these kinds of devotions are beautiful and they don't detract anything. You Not know, there was a lot of, there was a lot of, well, of course, you know, and, and you would know this yourself, Monsignor is a liturgical expert and scholar that, um, you know, with a great emphasis on, on the, the renewal of the sacred liturgy, that it was felt like, well, anything that, uh, it could be perceived as taking away from the celebration of Mass, like devotions and things. We need to focus on the Mass. We need to focus on the celebration of the Eucharist. We needed to do this, and so we had to let these other things go because somehow they were seen as distractions when they were never that. They actually lead us to mm-hmm. the celebration of the sacred liturgy and flow from the celebration of the sacred liturgy. So there's no there's no conflict here, as as, as some would perceive it. And that's just a clip of the voice of the shepherd with our Archbishop Alexander Sample. It's a kind of rare that they have an extra guest. It's yeah. happened before. Monsignor O'Connor has been on there. You can, uh, you know, of course, hear their friendship there. And uh, I would recommend to all of our listeners, please go to our webpage. This one's Tuesday's show. So you can listen to the full podcast of that show on our webpage at matradayradio.com. Of course, you're going to be able to access it too on the Hail Mary media app. Such a great show, Voice of the Shepherd. We don't always get to hear our Archbishop because his travels around the diocese every week, but you can listen to him every single week on that show. So I encourage you again. You can also set up your Hail Mary media app to alert you. Well, every time there is a new podcast of the show, of course, you can check out our full program lineup at materdayradio.com. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. This is Father Eric Anderson, pastor of St. Stephen Catholic Church in Portland, Oregon. Please join me for this prayer to St. Michael the Archangel. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan, and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 
For more prayer resources or to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit us online at materdayradio.com or check the prayer section of the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for praying with Mater Day Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. Set on a hilltop in the midst of the Willamette Valley, life at Mount Angel Abbey is both unchanging and made ever new in the spirit of Christ. Steeped in a Benedictine tradition more than 1,500 years old, the monks of Mount Angel have prayed together five times a day for more than 130 years. We welcome you to come and join us in the ancient rhythm of monastic prayer and liturgy. Come seek the things that are above. Learn more at mountangelabbey.org. Hello, I'm Kevin Doran. And I'm Carla Wehrman, co-host of Sunday Commentary. Join us every weekend on Monterey Radio, Saturday mornings at 7 and Sunday mornings at 8, as we break down the scripture readings so you can better prepare to enter into the beauty and mystery of the Holy Mass. It's fun, fast, and faith-filled. Let us share our love of the good news with you, Saturday mornings at 7 and Sunday mornings at 8 on Modern Day Radio. The bridge between your faith and everyday life. The Morning Blend, two hours a day for two times the fun on Mater Day Radio, the station dedicated to the Blessed Virgin Mary. And it is 8.54 at Mater Day Radio. Well, clouds this morning, hopefully a little sunshine later this afternoon with gradual clearing, high of 76. Partly cloudy overnight tonight, low of 51. And then Friday, kind of a repeat of the day. Uh, morning clouds, sunshine in the afternoon, high of 76. Get later in the weekend. We may see the first big rain in a while. What? Yeah. Just in time for Father's Just in time Day. time for Father's Day, <laughs> that is true. Well, it is currently 55 degrees in the Rose City. Closing out our show today, here is PJ Anderson. Your grace is amazing. We are the Morning Blend on Mater Day Radio, right? Leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. That saved a wretch like me I once was lost But now I'm found Was blind but now I see T'was grace that taught My heart to free And grace my faith freely How precious did That grace repeat The hour I Your grace is amazing Your grace is amazing And it is the one thing that truly sets me free Your grace is amazing
And your grace is amazing. It's 859 at Mater Day Radio. That's going to wrap it up for the morning blend on this Thursday. David and Brenda with you. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's Friday already tomorrow. All right. Moving right on through this week. That's what happens when you have fun. That's right. Exactly right. So, yeah, please stay tuned. Be with us again tomorrow as we wrap up the week. And don't forget to smile today. That's right. Today's Smile Power Day. That is going to wrap it up for us on the Morning Blend. You can live with passion with Father Cedric this evening at 730. We hope you have a very blessed day.